podcast welcome to the show thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate you being here you can hit us up on twitter at Derek and mike pod we're on instagram as Derek and mike or on our website derrickandmike.com my name is mike and this is my boy Derek. what's up mike what's up everybody right out of the gate you're tripping over your tongue well because i was gonna do the everybody again but i i didn't like it when i said that last time i got mad at myself so i'm like i don't i don't like that but nice you know even though sometimes you don't like something that you say you ever just keep saying it sometimes yeah like get mad at myself um it's kind of like uh when you don't want to do something and you're focused on like just don't do that just don't do that oh crap i just did that Mm -hmm. You're, you're almost guaranteed to do it yeah what I don't even know that I was going to do that. I didn't have it consciously, but I heard yeah. myself about to do it. And I'm like, oh, I want to punch myself <laughs> right now. Your mouth was faster than your brain. Yeah. That wily mouth. Yeah. So um, we are together again in person. You're actually here. I'm here. The real Derek. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we are at Derek's parents' house. And I'm very self-conscious about being loud at your parents' house. I feel like I need to whisper and be like, hey, it's the Derek and Mike podcast. Because we revert back to being teenagers again, where we were always in trouble, you know, because like we're like, and not, you know, and not that we were in trouble with them. We just did stuff wrong all the time, you know, and we were just like, well, at what turn uh, unconsciously, I think we just did stuff wrong. We were just assuming that if they knew what we'd be up to, we'd be in trouble. So we were always operating in this you know, area of, we hope they don't find out what we just did or what we just said or what we're going to do or, or anything. Um, and if they were happy and in a good mood and nice to us, then we're like, oh, sweet. They must not know about all the horrible things we've done recently. And, uh, it still feels that way now, even as grown adults, they invite us over and I'm like, you sure it's cool? Like we've come over and like, it's okay. Oh yeah. We asked your dad if I can come over, Derek. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I, yeah, I just, I feel bad about, like, I don't want to wake dad up right now, too. And He's that's sleeping. Like the, yeah, I know. And I'm like, hey, we're kind of loud. You sure you're yeah. okay with this? We can uh-huh. just go do it in my truck or whatever. And, oh, no, no, no problem. You're not going to wake me up. And I, I still feel super self-conscious about talking at a normal level. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, this is even like a quieter level. Yeah, I think normal, yeah. normally I'm louder, but I'm still uh, subdued in my fear of your parents. <laughs> yeah, you would be a little bit more, um, I don't know. Exuberant? Uh, Grandiosious. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little over the top. Is that a word? Uh, grandiose. I don't think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Grandiose. Grandiose. Well, I made it up. Grandiose. I like that one better. That's kind of like the the surfer dude version of grandiose, brocious. Yeah, that's grandiose, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, so I'm taking notes. I'm trying to figure out how to spell grandiosious. Um, oh, probably that, like that'll I suffice. C-I-O-U-S. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should see how I spelled it. It's got awful. Okay. I have been waiting to talk to you yes. because you have the uncanny ability of seeing a conspiracy behind like everything. Oh, dear. I mean, we can talk about the best way to scoop ice cream and Derek will be like, you want to hear about the conspiracy behind scooping ice cream? 
Yeah. And it always blows me away. And I love that. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing. Uh-huh. But there's something that has come out recently that's just got conspiracy written all over it. Oh, no way. And I wonder how interested in this you are. Maybe it's like too big of a target for you ooh, ooh, to uh, throw ooh. your conspiracy darts oh, at. Dear. Oh, but wow. um, apparently the federal government is now acknowledging that aliens exist. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. This is a conspiracy. Of course. It's the most conspiratorial conspiracy that ever conspired. Yeah. Yeah. 120. <laughs> They're trying to distract us. Oh, oh, yeah. From what? They're trying from all the shit show that's going on right now. Like, I guess there's Biden is in some serious trouble because there's one guy that was an ex-business partner of Hunter's mm-hmm. that has come out and his cover is just blown. Like he, they were, uh, foreign agents. They both should have been registered as foreign agents because of what the business dealings they were doing. And it's, it's the web is starting to get tied together closer and closer and closer. And, um, when that happens, when, when all the eyes are starting to turn on one thing, they need a distraction is that... in order to pull you out of that. And and a war is another way to do it, too. Oh, totally. Right? Like weapons of mass destruction. Like, hey, don't look at this. Look at this over here. Uh-huh. Uh, but is is the main noise right now really about Biden and Hunter Biden? Or isn't it more so like Trump's going to prison? You know, all that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, there's some major well, like charges and indictments and all this kind of stuff that's just, I don't know, so nauseating I avoid it. But that seems to be the main thing to be out there but maybe it's who you're listening to you know that's you, what it is if it's you kind like, of gravitate more toward right winger or conservative style news they're going to be talking more about hunter biden mm-hmm. and if you gravitate more toward liberal style news feeds it's going to be all oh trump's going to jail yeah yeah oh well i mean the charges that they they bring in against trump um they have to prove that he actually did not think that the election was stolen but he was just saying that how can you prove someone didn't that's think the, something? that's what they say that's going to be the hardest I mean, thing and it's it's obvious he's full of shit but how do you prove someone thinks they're full of shit or you, knows they're full of shit yeah you it's gonna it's very very difficult like he's like believe me i'm so stupid that i thought this well you can't prove that he's not lying unless he would tell somebody i don't believe this but I'm going to go out and say that I do believe this. But at that level of questioning the uh, authenticity of a statement, couldn't you also deny the authenticity of that statement? Yeah. Right? I mean, no, if it, it just becomes like, you said this, yeah, but I didn't mean it. Oh, but you also said that you did mean it. Yeah, but I didn't mean that either. Oh, well. well. see, it, and, it, and it's going to, that would be difficult, like just from a classical perspective, trying to prove that very difficult. However, it's a jury. So juries don't always follow the rules. Is that a normal know. jury, like annoyed people getting a jury summons in the mail, or are those like different federal juries? A DC jury, they say, is not is would be very anti-Trump. Okay, why? And it's a DC, just the demographic there. Okay, the whole demographic just supposedly can't. You, stand you mean black, it. right? I guess so. Okay. I, no, I mean, I've, I've heard, yeah, that's what I think too. I've been I, to DC and it seems like it's very anyone black. who's not working for the government yeah. is a black person. No, I've heard people talk about this. Like I, I go to, uh, what are those things? There's like a Twitter, a live Twitter thing sometimes. And Mario Nuffall mm. uh, gets on there and um, uh, he's actually a leftist, but he brings, 
he's really balanced. He brings everybody on hmm. like left, right? Like everybody. Okay. And, um, what he was saying uh, with this last one, that, that's kind of what transpired in there is that, you know, he's not going to get a. They don't think that he would get a fair trial in D.C. And they didn't say it's because people are black, but they just said just because of the demographic. So, I mean, yeah, you can easily jump to that conclusion, that's, I'm sure. Yeah. So I worked in radio and, and um, referring to demographics is always a touchy thing because in radio, mm -hmm. you're selling to advertisers and you're saying, hey, you should put your product on this particular station because the demographics really match your target. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes trying to paint that picture is a bit of a questionable thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you have to kind of tap dance around some of the obvious things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just shoot straight to like when you're saying like the demographics of DC, I'm just like, you mean black, right? I don't yeah. mean it in any way other than I think it's pretty obvious that we're talking about a lot of yeah, black people no, live in D.C., right? Yeah, you're right. But yeah. in radio, it was always so tough, dude. Because uh, we worked for like this uh, station in the Inland Empire that played like um, top 40 uh, music. And it was, you know, predominantly Hispanic, just like the population in the Inland Empire in California. Uh, but this particular station appealed to more of the gangster sect of, of um, Hispanics. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the old school kind of like dudes that call themselves like shy boy and, and uh, uh, Casper and, you know, those sorts of dudes. Oh, yeah. And uh, trying to sell that to advertisers was always like, well, I think this is a good demographic match for your, mm -hmm. you know, low rider repair shop. Um, because yeah, right. <laughs> your target, your target customer is our target audience. And uh, <laughs> like, dude, they're, they're, yeah, they're cholos, right? You're trying to find cholos. Yeah, we have cholos. Yeah. Can we sell you cholos, please? <laughs> Can, we sell you cholos? <laughs> Can we sell you some cholos? They're listening to our radio station. Yeah. Like, come on, let's just cut the shit here. Do we have to be all fucking PC about it? Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. I, you know, and that's probably how we're going to tell that this whole racial thing has been kind of not fixed it'll never be fixed right but at least like we'll graduate it to the next level when we can just say what it is you know and it used to like, be that way dude remember yeah, I guess the right, movie huh? blazing saddles oh yeah right so yeah. i mean horribly offensive yeah of you course. probably can't even play it on tv anymore and uh -huh. all that kind of stuff but many many people will tell you it's one of their favorite movies of all time yeah not for the racist content but just for the free hilarity of it it's this simpler time where everyone was less touchy and uh, it's representative of a time when we were a little bit more chill and yeah. a little bit more edgy. And we were able to kind of poke friend at our neighbor for being fat or a different color and not have any real underlying animosity behind it. Granted, mm. there, there were, were plenty of racist people then who were genuinely bad racist people. There's still plenty of racist people now who are genuinely bad racist people. Mm. It's just now it's, it's so much more touchy to even get near one of those things or to even like refer to a group of people as like, Oh, you mean black people? Like, Ooh, that makes you shudder a little bit. Yeah. Like, but it, whoa, it, whoa, is that okay yeah, to say? But like what? They're, they're people they're, and they're yeah. black. And yeah. you know, I mean, if you're selling a certain product and your target is a certain demographic, can we just call them what they are? You know what I mean? Can we call everyone like, Hey dude, you know, if you're, if you're targeting like white surfer dudes, like I'm not going to get offended, you know? Yeah. No, it, it if your station man. is heavy on dudes who say, bro, I'm in. You know, <laughs> I hear you, bro. Yeah, dude, 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 dude. So aliens. Okay. Um, yeah. okay. So just to lay out the groundwork of my understanding of what happened. So mm -hmm. a whistleblower came forward, did an interview, I think like a year ago. And, um, this guy, David Grush or Grolsch, or I think it's Grush. Um, he was like an intelligence officer for a 
organization within the federal government that specialized in um, UAPs, which is, I guess, the new term for yeah. UFO. Uh-huh. They don't call them UFOs anymore. They're UAPs, which is Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. It, oh, yeah. Okay. And it used to be Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh-huh. That's how I knew it. And they changed that when apparently some Chinese drone was discovered like emerging from the water and then going airborne. And it's like, oh, so the word aerial no longer applies because drones be fucking popping out of the water and shit. Uh, so then they changed it. Instead of the whole acronym, they found it. An, they found another A word to replace it with. And so now it's unidentified anomalous um, phenomena, which UFOs was just so much funner. But I think they're trying yeah. to get away from the old stigma and, and crazy person attitude of you saying, well, I had a yeah, UFO it's encounter. It's been branded conspiracy. Yeah. See, you ask about conspiracies, right? Mm-hmm. Six months ago, if you started saying aliens, you were deemed a conspiracy theorist, crazy conspiracy theorist. Yeah, you're talking about UFOs. People are like, "Eh, I might fire you from your job or I might ostracize you for being crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Or especially like a year ago. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. He's a crazy conspiracy. Now it's made it on the mainstream news. Mm -hmm. And look at us just sucking it up like lap dogs. Yeah. Just. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's wonderful. Uh, it, it, that's that's actually what we, see, that, and that's why that's all bullshit. What's it's interesting bullshit. is everything they're talking about is not new. Mm. Like, oh, the government has been recovering unidentified um, crash remains, and uh, there's nothing new there. Nope. Right. Yeah. Um, apparently, this this sort of a program is going back like ninety years or something. I mean, almost as as far back as 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 flight uh and the government you know studying unidentified flying objects whether they're from another planet or from another country or from our own military testing flying craft mm-hmm. which like early ufo sightings back in like the 50s and 60s a bunch of them it turned out to be known government our own yeah. government testing spy planes and shit like that mm-hmm. um so just because it's a ufo doesn't mean it's alien it just means that it's something that is unidentified yeah. um now it doesn't even have to be an unidentified flying object now it could be some shit popping out the water um which anomalous instead of aerial really opens up the ground to really any any uh you know drones or some some object emerging from any uh medium or orifice <laughs> Uh-huh. Have you seen Skinwalker Ranch, the whatever no. Skinwalker Ranch? Uh, it makes sense why they would call it that if you watch that. It's actually, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I yeah. think you would like that. Um, it's a whole bunch of ration, very, very rational scientists that go on to this ranch, this enormous ranch that's always had anomalous behavior. And um, there's tons of stories about the anomalous, but, and they think it's like a portal. Like this is a, a interdimensional like place where there's like a portal where things can things can pass through. Oh, weird. But they've caught on camera multiple times a UAP. Hmm. And it's just uh sometimes it looks different than other sure. times, but it's most of the time it's just a big white orb. orb. Yeah. And there's there's been times when it was a black something or other hmm. that was moving around fast cuz they got cameras. They got the whole place riddled with cameras. Are we discussing UAP demographics now? Oh, black. Yeah. There <laughs> was black versus a white. UAP. Yeah, yeah. There's certain yeah. demographics of UAPs yeah. that, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should refer them to the demographics. Yes, yes. Um, but then uh, the two black ones, when they saw those, 
there was a cow dead. Like a cow, the cow started freaking the fuck out. Wow. And then they started running, but one of them didn't run. Run mm. one was like dead. You know, so that they, one's really afraid of black orbs. Yeah, or it killed it, or I don't know who knows. But th- then they measure they and they take so many measurements. They have like a, a radiation meter, whatever the fuck that is called. Mm-hmm. And then um, they they is that like a Geiger counter, probably. Yeah, they tons of anomalous uh, radiation spikes and also energy spikes. They they mm-hmm. measure the electricity in the air. Tons of that too. I mean, it's a crazy place. It's huh. actually a really interesting show. Interesting. That makes me think of Tom DeLonge from Blink-182, how he started that, like, um, to the stars organization. Uh, it's like a think tank for people who are, you know, really in the know, like people who had government clearance, um, top secret clearance, and have, like, uh, knowledge of actual, like, government activity regarding UAPs and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of people, when this when this was announced, when the... Uh, when that whistleblower came out and then the, the, the Congress actually held like a hearing to really like David Greer, right? The, the whistleblower. Yeah. I think it's Grush, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Alien David. Uh Um, uh, that made me think of Tom because I think I even saw something in New York. There was like a picture they put up in New York, like Tom was right. Oh, <laughs> I think cool. I, I saw that. I didn't know what the backstory was, yeah. but now I know. What yeah. The yeah. So Tom DeLong, I don't know all the details, but when Blink-182 broke up, he started doing this alien chasing thing, which to our, to your point earlier, it, it was looked at like, Oh God. So fucking Tom went crazy. Like he lost his marbles and he's out chasing aliens. Like, Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, then it comes out now that that's all legit. And now he's all validated and, you know, validated and vindicated. And he's going like, yeah, see motherfuckers. Yeah. And blink when is back together and they're out there touring, lighting the world on fire. Like fucking Tom's living a heyday right now, dude. Yeah. He's like conspiracy theorists. What? Yeah. Suck this bitch. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, in that one example right there. But the other thing is like Ukraine, right? So um, Ukraine, you know, they made a lot of money off of that. And then they also had, there was a lot of bio labs over there too. So the thought with that is that they're trying to actually destroy Ukraine. They want Ukraine destroyed. The, our deep state, our government, mm. they don't give two shits about, mm. about Ukraine. That's, this is the other side perspective. They don't care about that. And they're conscripting people. Like they're just pulling guys off the street and making them join the army and then forcing them to join the army. And supposedly their average lifespan when they get to the front line is like four hours. Oh. Like they're, they are dying, Matt. Like you mean our ten, government ten is grabbing one. Ukrainian people on the street and making no, them not our, join? not our government. Oh, like their government? Like their, their military government. is just, constri- well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a small country and you're at war with a much bigger country. You're just like, hey, motherfucker, you've got arms. Come stand on the front line. I've heard that there's a lot of men getting out of Ukraine, avoiding the draft and avoiding fighting. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, maybe some fear, maybe some political or who knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, I won't get judgy. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I think the whole trying to destroy Russia and, and I obviously Russia invaded that place, Mm -hmm. but the story behind that was, was that what the other side says is that, uh, us co-opted Zelensky and did a color revolution. Our CIA did a color revolution in, uh, Ukraine in 2014. And that's how he got installed. And then, um, the other thing that happened was Burisma, which is the energy company that Hunter Biden is on the board of, which is kind of sketchy even in itself. Um, but there was a special prosecutor before they completely overthrew the government 
that was investigating Burisma for their crimes and Biden forced them to fire the special prosecutor. And this is on tape. He admits it hmm. that he forced them to fire the special prosecutor. They were not going to get uh, our money. Basically, they weren't going to mm. get money that we had promised them. Yeah. And uh, government people being shifty is no surprise to me ever. It's almost I, I you know, you, you hear people arguing whether it's Trump or Biden or whoever their affiliates are in their in their family. It's always like, oh, yeah, but he did this and he did this. And, and, and it's unethical and he should be locked up like, yeah, probably. But none of those motherfuckers go to jail. They're all except, shifty sons except, of bitches. Except Trump. Except Trump. Do you think the, he'll actually go to jail, though? No, I no. I, I think he'll get well, a token he conviction. He might, yeah. Well, I mean, look at um, Nixon, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he flat out came out and admitted um, to lying under oath, basically, lying to the American people. Um, mm-hmm. And then he was pardoned by Jimmy Carter, who came in after him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know he was pardoned, like, right away. One of Jimmy Carter's first acts was to pardon Nixon because the nation needed to heal. Um, Fuck that, dude. How about setting an example of accountability? And uh, no matter at any level, the law applies to you. Uh, You know, for us little people who go to jail for drinking and driving, uh, it would be nice to see a bigwig go to jail for manipulating the American people. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, hey, dude, how about you guys be held accountable, too? But they don't. They don't hold each other accountable. They're all on the same elitist team. Well, how about this, too? Ghislaine Maxwell is the first person that's been convicted of child trafficking to no one. Nobody's been arrested. Not a single of her clients. She got arrested for child trafficking, for trafficking, sex trafficking and child trafficking. Yeah. With, along with Epstein. Mm-hmm. Not a single person has been arrested. Is she alive still? Epstein's not, right? No, he she's killed alive. Uh, there's some iffiness about whether he really did kill himself. I, it's hard to tell. Okay. Um, but the general word he, is that he's some not pe- around anymore. Some people still think that he might be alive. Okay. Because right. he was actually Mossad. But a lot of people think Elvis is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't mention it if I didn't think there was a chance. Mm-hmm. Just because he was such a high-level spy. And a lot of sometimes they take care of their own. Yeah. Like that, you know. But but it, it could just as well be that he killed himself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I We might never know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he might just be hanging out with Hoffa and Elvis. Poor Elvis. And McAfee. Who's McAfee? John McAfee. <clears throat> oh, John McAfee. I thought you meant like Doug McAfee. I don't know. Is he like the the uh, computer software security guy? The antivirus guy. He's that guy? Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's pre-installed on all my new computers. I just bought a new computer, and I'm, I'm freshly angry at Mr. McAfee. Um, because it's a horrible piece of software. It's a horrible piece of invasive memory hogging, Uh uh, startup invading bullshit bloatware alerting you all the time. Do you want this? Do you want that firewall exception? Every, every, every fucking PDF you download from any source is like, Hey, just so you know, uh, Mac McAfee is scanning this for safety. Like fuck off. I don't want to be constantly reminded of you bouncing files from my computer like get out of here that's one of the first things i do is uninstall that shit from a new machine and it'd be one thing if it worked but the shit don't work anymore no it's you just know? all like aren't i great aren't i great aren't i great and then the moment you need it you're just like oh hey well you got a virus like fuck yeah, off yeah like those browser hijacks man I, I haven't seen one of those in quite some time thank god but 
Like, remember when that would happen, you basically mm -hmm. have to reinstall your whole computer. Yeah. Like if you get a it would just be browser. a countdown or whatever. Yeah, it would just be some screen like your thing has been infected and then yep. it hasn't, but then you hit okay. Mm -hmm. And then it fucking has then because mm -hmm. it just, you gave it permission to run a script in the background, which thought that it was in a sandbox, but then it went out to your whole computer and wrote some registry settings and fucked you. <laughs> you know, um, but, so when I was kind of like pseudo IT guy at this garage door company I was running, I wasn't like officially the IT guy. I was actually the marketing director, but I knew computers better than anyone else. So like anytime someone got a virus or their computer needed work, they'd bring it to me and I just became the default, um, house nerd. And, uh, we got a few of those viruses, those ransomware viruses mm. where it's like basically, Hey, we've hijacked your computer. We're holding all your files hostage. And if you don't pay us, I don't know, 50 bucks, um, <laughs> in the next 48 hours, we're going to delete everything, you know? Yeah. And so when I first saw that, I had never heard about it ahead of time. It was new to me. So I was originally like pretty skeptical, like, oh, fuck these guys, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And we can get around this and all that. And everything I tried and all the research I did, I couldn't find any way around it. So oh. I just reinstalled the operating system. Yeah. And uh, fine. We never paid the guys. Yeah. Uh, we just reinstalled the operating system. But you lose all your files, obviously. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one... You got to do it. Yeah. That's one argument for creating an offsite backup. Maybe you know of a better way of getting past those ransomware things. I haven't seen anyone. I haven't seen one in quite a few years, but nah, what sometimes once your registry gets infected with something, cause like the, the newest trick, or at least they were doing this, uh, with, uh, um, this new NSA software, but they inject a, a complete executable into the registry, which, and then they read it from the registry and then execute it. So it's not read from disk because a lot of the antivirus stuff will actually um, check to see if an EXE is being executed from disk. Mm. But they don't even sometimes put it in the disk. It's called Stuxnet. That's what they did. That's how, mm. um, that's how they had uh, Iran blow a whole bunch of um, nuclear... I don't know, those things that spin around. They had them blow like centrifuges. Mm. They installed Stuxnet over there they got it into that network there and um had it blew like 21 iranian centrifuges i suppose wow yeah hmm. mm -hmm. all right they didn't know how that was being done but it was done by i read the book it by the exe in the registry yeah because yeah. that's kind of undetectable there a virus scans not going to get that now i'm going to bring up something i don't know anything about but you probably know more about it than me is isn't there some like cool new hacker organization called like Wagner or mm. Wapner. Uh, <laughs> I no, I Wagner is the, um, the Russian, uh, mercenary group, but, oh. but they're not, they're not hackers. They're no, I'm flaking on the name of it then. Cause there is some cool new fucking, uh, I'm not gonna be able to find it that quickly. Well, and now I just regret bringing it up because it sucks to just throw something out there and not know anything about it. Sorry well, about that. Well, are they good guys or bad guys? Do you know anything about them? Even no. though you don't know their name, no, you don't know nothing. I don't, I don't know anything. Empty-handed. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think something exists. Oh yeah, well, like like does it really? I don't even know. I don't know what they're called. I don't know what they do. Yeah. But I've heard that something like that exists. Yeah, good stuff, Mike. It's good pod. Uh, yeah, good yeah, pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking great pod, dude. I've been saying that to myself now just like i'll be taking a piss and i'll just be talking i'll be acting like i'm in the podcast i'm like oh yeah that's a good pod that's good that's good like, where did i get that from i get that from mike yeah, yeah that's that's a great bit Derek. Yeah. That, that, that's a great thing i did alone in the bathroom nice yeah nice hey we talked about okay so we did a failed podcast 
a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my computer crapped out, which is the reason I bought a new computer, which is the reason I'm infuriated at McAfee. Um, and during that podcast that my computer failed in the middle of and will never be released, we talked about a, um, a change in the way that the Korean government counts birthdays. Oh, yeah. Have you thought about that anymore? Um, I, I gave it a little bit of thought here. Okay. Well, hey, go go ahead. Derek's going to go take ribs out of the uh, oven because important duty. His dad's make some fucking amazing, awesome ribs. So I guess while Derek's going over there, I'm going to kind of explain, uh, since Derek already knows from our failed podcast, a little bit about this Korean age change. So in, in Korea, I think just South Korea, because who cares about North Korea, right? Um, they have changed the way that they are counting people's ages. So instead of you becoming a year older on your birthday, everybody comes a year older at the end of the year, like January 31st. So if your birthday is in March or November or August or July, doesn't matter. You don't become one year older until January 31st. I'm sorry, uh, January 1st, the end of the year. Everybody who, I guess, was born during that year uh, becomes one year older. And that's super weird because if you were born like January 15th, you don't turn, say, one year old on January 15th. You have to wait until the end of the year until you turn one. But really, you're almost two because you're only two weeks into the year, right? So that's super weird. So your baby is almost two, but really he just turned one in the eyes of the government, which may be arbitrary, but not when you're doing things like signing up for school or, I don't know, all kinds of shit. And then what about when you turn 21, dude? I never even thought about that. If you turn 21 on, say, February 1st. Torture. Can you not buy beer until the end of the year? You've got to go 11 months of really being 21, but not the government actually accepting you as being 21 you can't go and buy i don't know fucking soju or whatever they drink in uh in uh, korea you ready for it is there a conspiracy yes all right i'm all ears now it makes sense and i think you we kind of left off on the last one where you thought that it potentially could make sense too but if they take your birthday away that's one less thing that makes you unique to Mm -hmm. where you're not identifiable by your birthday. Right. That was the one thing. You have a social security number, which who knows if they have that over there. I'm sure they do. Um, and then the birthday. But they take away the birthday. Mm-hmm. Now you're one step closer to having to have a facial fingerprint or oh. a, a, a microchip under your skin. Or you can't just say, oh, how do we know you're Derek such and such? Oh, you don't. Uh, because, you know, that, how many times? I got today, mm-hmm. somebody asked me to verify my date of birth. Yeah, well, every time you, know, you like, um, uh, call the the doctor or whatever, that's how they they ask you for your name and your birthday, mm-hmm. and that seems to be how they differentiate people. Because um, no one else name, you know, say your name is like John Davis, something super common, um, and you're not the lead singer for Corn, then you'd call everywhere and go, "Oh, I'm John Davis," and they're like, "We have 17 John Davises in our computer system. What's your birthday?" "Oh, okay, boom, plug you in. Gotcha. All right, so now we can identify this particular John Davis. Um, you've got testicular cancer. Sorry." Uh, now when you call the doctor and you want to check on your testicle test, you say, "I'm John Davis." How do they identify you? Everyone's birthday's on December 31st. Yeah. No, and and uh, you know, Things are getting more totalitarian around the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have your finger on that beat or not. I was watching uh, Joe Rogan today, and he was showing uh, 
um, something that's going on in China now where in a classroom there, they have the kids brains hooked up to brainwave meters mm. and they also have videos on their eyes. So if they're not focusing and paying attention, then the teacher gets an alert. Whoa. And then, and then what if you're thinking like when I think sometimes I sit back, I look up at the ceiling, I scratch my chin. I think, Hmm, I'm really thinking deeply about this question. Um, but this thing would identify me as, as daydreaming or drifting off and not paying attention. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it probably, hmm. there's some kind of pattern recognition that it's looking for in the brain where there's a distraction and whenever that gets tripped, that's mm -hmm. when it, but then also Rogan showed a video released by the world economic forum that showed the exact same thing. And what it did was it actually showed an example in the workplace where they said, um, Sophia is distracted because she likes the new employee, the guy that just started and, um, she's getting distracted. So then she's, there's an alert going off from the boss to the boss, you know, about her distraction. <laughs> the alert's then, like, Sophia likes Bob. Like, <laughs> what? And then, so so then that gets baked into the credit score, your social oh. credit score. You know what I mean? Like you, they're literally trying to cat it. I mean, it, the wow. danger of this is, is all how it will intertwine with AI. Mm. You know, I mean, I couldn't be screaming from the rooftops loud enough that like we're in some serious trouble, but nobody recognizes it because they're put to sleep by the mainstream media. Cause you won't hear any of this on any media organization. It's just going to come up and sneak, sneak up on us and slide like a, in the back door while we're all yeah. uh, stoked about hearing that aliens exist. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Mm. And then the, uh, um, the fed now system, which is the, um, central bank digital currency, there's, uh, I watched somebody named Lynette Zhang, and she showed there's about 20 banks that are doing this in the background. So if you bank with these 20 banks, they're actually converting your currency to the uh, central bank digital currency, the FedNow system that they have. And that's the ultimate control mm. right there. And these are American-based banks? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. They're smaller ones. So, I saw the list. They were kind but, of I mean, you're still backed up by like the the... Deposit protection where like $250,000 is guaranteed no matter what, right? So it's not like your deposit could disappear due to this weird conversion to central banking. Do you oh, have any no, control over that? Or? Oh, no, it totally can. If they implement this, then they and then they start to hook it into, you know, our behavior. I mean, because look at what's happening now. There's people now that are saying things. It's mostly the anti-vaccine people. They're, they're coming out and they're like, taking a stand right now mm -hmm. and they're being debanked. So what they're doing is they're sending a message or saying, if you have something we don't agree with, you're going to lose your bank account. This is going to make it 10 times easier for them to do that. Really? On top of that, it is very, very likely that your bank, you are not, that's not your money in there. According to their new agreement with all of us, that's not your money in there. You are a creditor for that bank. Huh. They don't have to give you the, that money. And what that's called is a bail in. And that actually happened in Venezuela when shit hit the fan there with their hype with their hyperinflationary period very well could happen here. Huh? Like if we do, and there's going to be some kind of a crash, there's kind of ubiquitously every master financial person out there has said, 
shit is about to hit the fan. And the reason why shit's going to hit the fan, BRICS just started a gold-backed currency. Okay. And as of three days ago, people don't have to buy gas and dollar bills anymore. So guess what's going to happen with all those dollars that they have? The dollars could potentially come flooding back home, which could cause a hyperinflationary period over here. Aren't we already having a hyperinflationary period? Not like we would if those dollars come back. Hmm. Yeah. Do you advocate going to a gold standard system? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I think it's our only way um, to keep things in balance. Well, it means your money is based on something. It means your money is something. It's it's a note. It, it's it's basically like, hey, this note is worth this particular heavy piece of metal that I don't feel like carrying around in my pocket. Right. Yeah, so that exactly. particular piece of metal exists somewhere, and I'll give it to you, but right now, just hold on to this piece of paper, uh, and we can trade that back and forth until someone wants to you know, call in the debt on that piece of gold, which is sitting there and can be redeemed for this piece of paper. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it's what, a logical, easy to wrap your mind around kind of a thing. It makes sense. It feels founded. Mm-hmm. And that's what BRICS is doing. You know, you know, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, Argentina, China. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot who else, but they're they're creating a gold back currency. Mm. Um, I have heard some proponents say it's not really think they don't think it's going to work because it's try, trying to set that gold price. Uh, the same throughout all those countries yeah. is not really a realistic thing, but, but, but what is true, a hundred percent true, they're coming after the dollar because the dollar was weaponized. The dollar is a well, weapon. Well, it makes sense. I mean, they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, cumulatively against the United States. And I guess I'm ma- mainly basing that on Russia and China are certainly, uh, looking to knock us down a peg, right? At best. Yeah. Well, we fired the first round when we kicked them off the SWIFT system. Mm. SWIFT is the international uh, payment system. Okay. We kicked Russia off the SWIFT system. And when that happened, all the other countries looked around and said, shit, they could do that to us overnight. Mm. Like, so everybody got uneasy and they said, Hey, we can't rely on this international payment system, even though that was kind of, that's kind of the, one of the biggest advantages we have in the world is is having everybody on that swiss system but hmm. they kicked them off because because they want a war with russia hmm. they want to fight russia they want to they well, can't stand we've always russia. kind of had this tension with russia more, sometimes more intense and more obvious other times we pretend like we're friends but there's even still still some tension like even world war ii like the you know the the, the allies um america england and russia uh we were very much America and England were really the allies kind of against Russia, but trying to keep them cool. And then together, sure. We were all against Germany and Japan, but it was really like America and England against Russia, but together against Germany and Japan. So as soon as Germany and Japan fell, it became immediately um, America and England against Russia. Right. I mean, yeah, they never like like Roosevelt and, and Churchill never trusted Stalin, never liked Stalin. They always communicated with him, told him as little as they had to um, just told him what he needed to know, got together and met to find out what they should tell Stalin. You know what I mean? Like it was a very it was a very um, clicky kind of a uh, allied arrangement. And it's always been that way. And then through the Cold War, where it was even just straight out like um, uh versus each other 
where now I guess it's the same way, you know, um, embargoes and, and, um, sanctions and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I listened to this analyst that I like and he, what he says about Russia is that Russia is actually a natural ally for us. Mm. And the reason is because from, uh, uh, resource and perspective, we don't need anything from them and they don't need anything from us really. Yeah. So it's both of us trying to go get everything and partner up with everyone else. Like we're perfect opponents. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. So it's like we have to, so people get greedy and that's why they try to destroy them. I Mm -hmm. think because, because there are, there's no reason that we have really to pick beef with Russia, Mm -hmm. you know, and then for us, you know, we're, we're way over there you know, and well, and yeah, I mean really, and, and, uh, we have it so much better than the average Russian, you know, like we should be kind of, we should be cooler. Uh, I know some Russian people, they're nice people and they yeah. came to live here because living in Russia sucked. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're just like, Hey, we just want a good life for our kids and good schools and safety and enough food. Like everybody else, you know, they just want to live a good life. Mm-hmm. They don't want all the drama. Yeah. And there was a time when after the wall fell, well, even after that, I think it was like the early nineties, I started seeing Russians come over here mm-hmm. and I remember I worked at thrifties and it was real interesting because there was always these three Russian guys that came in and they're just completely indistinguishable from you could just tell yeah and the, the accents real thick and real Russian and I, I think we talked to them one time and they said they're all from Russia and they were very happy to be here mm-hmm. it was in yeah right there in Corona and um you know I don't remember what I was gonna say damn it Three Russian but, guys getting ice cream at Thrifties. Yeah, yeah, but the point being, um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was yeah. good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I know, I know a good handful of Russians, and they all just seem like nice, normal people who are, you know, just trying to do the best they can for their family and create a good life. The same thing we're all trying to do. And and isn't that the case with like everybody in every sure. country? I'm sure the same people in North yeah. Korea feel the same way. Exactly. I'm sure all the Chinese people feel the same way. Although. Okay, so saying China makes me think about this clip that I saw from Joe Rogan recently, and I don't know when he said it, but I, I didn't. Okay, I didn't even know this, and so he kind of blew the top off of the TikTok thing for me. Um, that he went and he read like the the user agreement or whatever on his show for TikTok, and it was pretty crazy. And I guess it it prompted him to cancel his account and basically suggest other people should do the same because TikTok is a Chinese owned company. Yep. And their user agreement basically says, like, we're going to have access to everything in your phone, all of your contacts, um, your text messages, your emails. Oh, uh, keystroke logging. They're logging your keystrokes, Uh which means that this tech company based in China would know all your passwords. Yeah. They would know everything you're texting back and forth with your wife, with your friends, even if you're using an encrypted service, like they still have it. They're keystroke logging. So even if the transmission of the text is encrypted, you're still punching the keys to type into that. They're keystroke logging. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah, if they can see what you're typing on your phone's keyboard, they get everything about you. And it's a Chinese-based company. Like, that seems insane, dude. Well, all these big companies, they're all collecting massive amounts of data just on all of us. So, I mean, we know that. And that Facebook is the CIA DARPA it's a DARPA mm-hmm. operation mm-hmm. it was uh stolen from a company called Leader Technologies it was not created by Zuckerberg I'm ruffling a lot of feathers here wow I didn't know that it, he he's a plant supposedly he's actually uh from a Rockefeller family no not Rockefeller from a, a 
uh, Rothschild. Really? He's got, yeah. A lot of these people that are in high level positions, they're actually part of a bloodline. And that's, that's one thing. And, and I know, you know, when I say this is, you know, you're going to be crazy far, until it comes out that it's true. Exactly. It's going to be <laughs> far from mainstream, yeah. but, but we are ruled by people who think that they come from a cane bloodline, mm. which is a, uh, a bloodline that has, um, I don't know the origins of it, but that's all I know is the name of it. Nice. Um, but yeah, they believe that they're from the cane bloodline. So you're saying like the movie, the social network and how this like young college kid created this social network all false for for campuses mm-hmm. all false i don't know where and how that may be false i don't know if there's some truth in it huh. but what i do know is that i've heard from uh this one very very educated group and and you know when i say this stuff i know how it comes across because when i hear these guys talk i think the same thing this is bullshit this guy's fucking crazy. Have you seen the social network? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I have seen the social network. But there's the two guys that I'm talking about. You know, one of them knows the owner of the leader of leader technologies. It was like a, a created in Florida. And then also, too, um, when they created it from leader tech or stole it from leader technologies, it was created a DARP operation called LifeLog hmm. is how it started. And then the day the day that lifelog was sunset that's when facebook came up wow yeah lifelog is too on the nose it's too on the nose yeah it's just like oh we're logging your life yeah let's not call it that let's Mm -hmm. capture all the same information but call it you know something different and market it as a way to talk to your friends and your grandma and Mm -hmm. you know or um you know other campuses and and other students yeah that's interesting we think because, we're free. We're not free. Well, and, and, and really what I think we're all becoming hip to data mining and the, these large companies are capturing all sorts of information about us and building these like digital predictive profiles of every one of us. Yep. But I think we, me included, are under the assumption that all that information is being used for marketing purposes, which most of us don't feel great about. But none of us are really, th- most of us aren't really that concerned about because it's kind of like... Oh well, they want to capture use. They want to capture information from me and use that in marketing to create more relevant ads. That's what they tell us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. So when I'm on Facebook or whatever web page, I'm going to see ads that are targeted to me and my personal interest because they've built predictive algorithms that that guess what I'm going to be into, and they're pretty fucking uh, accurate. They are. They know you're going to buy a car before you know you're going to buy a car, they, and they're already serving you up like, um, oh, hey, check out the new Audis, and you're like, oh, huh. Maybe I do need a new car. Yeah. And they're really they good are, at that. They are. They're scary. Good. Yeah. Not just directing buying behavior, but creating buying behavior. And, uh, you know, a lot of us opt out of collecting that personal information for marketing purposes. So instead we see irrelevant ads. Like now I'm getting estrogen medication ads and whatever. And that's obviously not geared toward me, but I've opted out of personal data collection, but I think that's all probably bullshit. Yeah. They're probably still collecting all of that information. Of course. They're just feeding me different ads to make me feel good about opting out. Um, because Mm. downloading any of these programs or apps, you're inherently agreeing to their, 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 unreadable terms of service yeah totally so they're basically like hey we may capture some information for marketing purposes do you agree or not agree not agree okay cool but we're still capturing all that information for non-marketing purposes Uh 
or or do you agree with the terms of service otherwise don't install the app yeah you're like you know, but you get, yeah. i need the app and i don't want to read 75 pages of tiny print legal wording so sure i agree yeah we all do that yeah no it's uh it's really gone off the deep end there yeah yeah but you know um i feel like we're all going to be killed by ai bots anyway so like why yeah. not why not just enjoy cool apps play some games on your phone talk to your grandma through whatever social network she's comfortable using and you know cool yeah. we'll all be dead soon anyway no that's one way to look at it you yeah. know yeah i it, it is depressing getting into it all can it, be you know it, yeah, it, it really can be but lots of amazing things in the world to be happy about right yeah um dude i'm such a weird person like I, I revert back to the simplest things because I can get overwhelmed by life like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And work can be really hard. Personal tragedy, which we've had plenty of recently. And um, shit just can get heavy sometimes. And I f- always come back to trying to find joy in the most simple things of life, like a cold glass of water or a sunset. <laughs> I'm such a fag. Um, those Ooh. sorts, <laughs> those sorts like. of things. And I really try to be like, okay, imagine you couldn't drink water or you you didn't have fresh water which very well could be the case one day but it's not the case today so mm-hmm. um you know when you start feeling like you're overwhelmed by whatever like take a minute and just think like what if water didn't exist what if i couldn't find water what if i had to kill my neighbor for a glass of water to stay alive what if i had to kill the neighbor for a glass of water to keep my kid alive like that would be a very stressful world and we're not there i can just go to my my cold water machine across the room and pour out a nice, fresh glass of delicious cold water. And I'll try to think about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll go over and I'll pour a glass of water. And I'll look out the window at a tree blowing in the breeze. And I'll drink it. And I'll appreciate the shit out of it. And uh, yeah, that sounds pretty corny. I love it, man. <laughs> go ahead, dude. Like, uh, no, I, you know, uh, I don't know. That's the stoic side, right? That's it the is. Whole, that's the that's what. Stoic. And I think there's a lot of different um, thought systems that will lead you back to that appreciating the little things, appreciating what you have, um, the inner peace of not wanting things you don't have, but again, appreciating the things you do have. Yes, it's very inherent in the Stoic philosophy system that I subscribe to, but it's also super foundational in things like Zen Buddhism, right? Mm -hmm. And I imagine quite a few other things Yeah. um, because it's a super simple and effective means to human happiness. Yeah. You know what I do? Like, uh, um, and I'm describing this as if everybody goes through it, but it's my own personal experience, really. Like when I get like stressed or like just kind of a feeling of unease and it's always there at some level, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always some kind of like level of unease level of just like, Oh, something is wrong. Something feels wrong. You know, do you get that feeling sometimes? Uh, Oh yeah. 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 And sometimes you can't even really put your finger on it. You just feel uneasy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that if you, if we do like look at ourselves real closely, I think that's there all the time. Like at some level. I think that is programmed into our DNA because our not so distant ancestors had to be on alert all the time mm-hmm. for either competing tribes or a saber-toothed tiger that may jump out of the bushes and kill him at any minute. Like, and, and animals still live that way, right? So like a deer, if you ever observe the behavior of a deer, they rarely look like they're just chilling. You know, they're always kind of like looking around like, hey, is there a fucking lion over there or something? Is someone going to 
you know, <laughs> jump out of the bush and eat me? Or is some hunter going to pop out from behind that tree and shoot me? They seem very on edge. Yeah, you know, you're right. And yeah, rightfully so, because that's how you stay alive, right? Yeah, deer is a great example, too, because, boy, they, they are... Deers are the masters at staying alive, like survivalism. That they are the masters of. They're so sensitive. To they're just the descendants of their of their ancestor deers who did stay alive, right? Because the yeah. slower ones who just chilled out and ate grass and enjoyed sunsets and enjoyed their water uh, were shot. Yeah, there's stories of deer where, when it's hunting season, what right before it's hunting season, mm -hmm. they go to town. Yeah, you know they're that sensitive to where they're like, oh yeah. shit, it's. The leaves are turning. It's about to be hunting season. Let's go to town and we'll just hang out in the middle of town. You know, it's dude. Like, I noticed that like sort of, of behavior alteration with even something as simple as like a house fly. So I've, I've talked at length before about my bug assault fly shotgun. Oh yeah. Which uh -huh. I love, by the way, I recommend anyone. They're not a sponsor, but go buy a bug assault and fucking blast a fly with a, with a pinch of salt. It's so much fun. Um, fuck those flies. Uh -huh. But you notice that when there's a fly flying around in the house and he's, Normally my wife will notice because she's cooking in the kitchen and I'm like playing with the boys in the living room and she'll go like, Mike, there's a fly. And my favorite thing in the world is when she yells, get your gun. <laughs> Except now though, I have to admit we changed it because we don't want to promote like shooting and guns and all that to our boys. Uh -huh. um, so we, uh, <laughs> she calls it my fly swatter. Mike, or she'll go, daddy, daddy, daddy needs to get his fly swatter. So I'll go out in the garage and I'll get my fucking, my, my shotgun yeah. and uh, I'll come back in and I'll be like, oh yeah, daddy's got his fly swatter. And then I'll shoot a fly right in front of the boys and I'll be like, oh, I just caught him. And I'll pretend to like pick him up with a napkin and put him outside or whatever. I'm like, oh, cool. I caught him with my fly swatter. Oh, so they don't see you shoot him. They just, I mean, they watch me shoot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I but mean, you're, but you're doing a Houdini I, on him. I, like, is I it probably, like... I'm probably only fooling myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when like, they, why does Daddy do that? Maybe when understand. they were one, they, that that worked. But now my four year old's probably like, dude, you just fucking shot that fly in the face. You're not fooling anybody. Um, but what I was getting at is, uh, even flies, when the salt shotgun comes out, the flies disappear. Oh, yeah. They've learned. Uh, uh, and they haven't even lived a long time, right? A fly yeah. only lives like three, three days, days or uh -huh. something like that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 pretty often, the fly will be all over my wife and all over the food, and she's swatting it away, and it's like totally ever-present until I go out in the garage and get my fly swatter. And then I come in, and ch -ch -ch, fly swatter's ready to go. <laughs> Fly's gone. gone. Yeah. And then I'm walking around the kitchen. I'm pacing back and forth. I'm like... I'm like uh, 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 like a like a tiger in a cage or whatever. I'm stalking it. I'm just kind of walking back and forth with my gun. I'm holding it like a military guy, like across my chest. Yeah. And uh, I even like to hold the butt of the pistol grip, home security style shotgun, oh, up yeah. high, and then the barrel part kind of low, like I see, like I see special ops military yeah. dudes on TV uh -huh. do. I don't know if they actually like they hold, hold their, their M16. Yeah, yeah, their M16. You don't, you don't put your finger on the trigger. You yeah, yeah, no, I try, try. Yeah. <laughs> I totally, like I'm like I'm about to go kick in some doors or something. I'm holding like, my plastic fly shotgun like this. You're in the SOCOM group. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm just like pacing back and forth in the kitchen waiting for this fly to present itself. And it, it, it wouldn't fucking go away two seconds ago. And now yeah. that the salt shotgun comes out, it's disappeared. Yeah. It's yeah. learned. In, yeah. its, in uh -huh. its two and a half days of existence, it's learned. 
It's inherent. It's built into into its DNA. Yeah, exactly. It was born to a fly who was yeah. told stories about me and my fly shotgun, and it's like, hey, if you ever see this thing, yeah. uh, get the hell out of there. When that orange gun gets out, yeah. If you ever want to live to see your third day, you better you better make <laughs> yeah. yourself scarce when this fly shotgun comes out. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how deer can be uh, evolved to a point to where they're so hyper-aware and so amazing at staying alive in such a harsh environment. And we have that same sort of DNA programming from our not-so-distant days of having yeah. to fight for survival mm-hmm. and fight for food that we are inherently edgy um, genetically and evolutionarily, right? I mean, that's still in us. We haven't yeah. evolved much in a few thousand years, and we used to be hunter-gatherers um, fighting for every meal and fighting to survive. No, it's a good point. And like... Uh... I mean, some some of our fears are are false, though, right? And I mean, most of them, I would totally. say, totally. Right? But however, uh, it's true. You know, we can't forget our yeah our bodies not allowing us to forget our roots of well, like I think, you need to be on alert. I kinda. think, and some of us more than others are more prone to creating anxiety for ourselves, right? Like some yeah. people just seem like they're always looking for something to be mad at or something to be edgy about or something to complain about or whatever. Um, or be scared of. Or... Yeah, totally. Like few, uh, uh, quite a few people just have trouble being content and being are where they are. And I think that is part of that DNA programming that we're trying to reconcile now in a completely different living situation uh-huh. in a completely different world, but very, very much the same primitive DNA programming yep. is we're trying to reconcile these two incompatible elements of our being and we're we're filling that need in a weird, obscure way, whether it's um, feeling vulnerable so we go shopping to make ourselves feel comfortable or feeling anxious so we get mad to cover up the fear or whatever yeah. it is. Uh-huh. You know, I think there's a lot of different responses to that same genetic impulse. Yeah, I think you're right. What my um, way that I handle it, is like I I feel I go into my body and I feel like how my body's feeling. Like stick your hand down your pants. Yeah. Okay. Both hands. I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> and and I notice like where the tension is at because always like if you're in like an anxious state, mm-hmm. there's always like some tension in the body. Totally. So then it's like okay, well let me let me relax it. I and then I let myself relax the body and I try as hard as I can to accept fully accept my current situation. Fully accept the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Fully accept the, you know, oh, this feels like shit or something feels like it's wrong. I'm, it's okay that I feel that way. You yeah. know, and just like be with it and don't run from it. Is that a Zen practice? Yeah, or, I, yeah, okay. I think so. Ultimately, that's kind of what I've come down to. That's very much the like years. the Stoic idea of amor fati, love fate, love what is, love every, love mm-hmm. what it, whether it's. My parent just died, or my dog just got hit by a car, or I just won the lottery, or someone just punched me in the face. Like, it's hard to say, oh, I love the fact that someone just punched me in the face, but fully accepting it because it happened and not yeah, thinking yeah. about alternatives or, or lamenting it or feeling anger or regret or questioning it. Like, it just happened. It happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it happened because it happened. And you deciding to have feelings about it happening has no effect on whether it happened or not because it happened. So you might as well just accept it. Yep. You can have a reaction to it. You can choose that reaction, but wasting time feeling weird about it happening is pointless. 
Yeah. And, and it happened because of all our previous actions that led up to that. So like it was bound to happen. Right. And then, so it's the path of the universe or however you want to lay that out. So like loving fate is an interesting way of pointing that out. Like, even if you're like your child dies, something horrific, you can't say like, oh, well, hey, you should be happy about it. You know, that's not what it means. It means, Mm. uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no philosopher, so I can't articulate it as well as others have, but it's like you said, you just, you just accept what it is. Like I'm fully accepting this pain in my back or this chronic pain in my knee that will never go away. And I'm going to yeah. be in pain for the rest of my life. Like I'm going right. to accept that and be glad that it's not in both knees. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. No, that's, that's like the secret to life really mm-hmm. right there because all we have control over is our own expectations and our own point of view on everything. Mm-hmm. And then if we, well, everything is our opinion, right? So things are what they are. They're going to happen regardless of, of whether you're here to have an opinion of them. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, it still falls, but you have no opinion of it. Well, quantum mechanics also suggests that your opinion also can affect what's out here, too. You so mean it's not in the just... future? It can't affect now, No, no, but it, it can, can affect the future. No, no. The double slit experiment is when they shoot photons have you seen that where they shoot photons through like a uh a steel um they have like a steel wall okay and they put two slits in it all right and then they shoot a photon um a photon is just light right yeah it's just one photon of light okay uh and then it'll go either through it when they observe it it'll go through one of the slits or the other slit and they know that because they measured on the back wall. When it hits the back wall, they could see the the, the pattern that okay. gets created there. So when they're watching, it always the photon always either, either goes through one or the other. When they don't watch it, the photon doesn't act like a particular matter. It doesn't act like a, a solid thing. It, it goes into a, a wave. And it doesn't act like it doesn't go through one or the other. It goes through both mm-hmm. as a wave. And then it splatters up against the wall and almost anywhere. Hmm. So the act of observing something will actually can retroactively change what happens. That's tough because does it really change what's happening or are we, are we perceiving it based on our own limited senses? Like in the sense where... There are certain frequency levels that humans can't hear. The noise still exists, we just can't hear it. But if we listen through a special listening device that enables us to hear frequencies outside of our normal hearing range, then we can hear it. So the sound definitely exists. We just needed an extra tool to be able to observe it. Maybe the tool hasn't been invented yet to truly observe this properly. So by observing it in one way, we get one result, and observing it in a different way, we get a different result. But the physics of the thing is the same regardless. I don't know. I, you should probably just look it up because they've replicated this with what they call buckyballs, which is a carbon 60 molecule. Like, so it doesn't even just happen at a, at a, a molecular, like a, at an atomic photon level, mm-hmm. they've replicated it in a, in a carbon six, so 60 atoms huh. together. So they at a pretty good size. So I think that's interesting. It, and because in that kind of positions, humans as a special species, right? Does it behave in the same way they're, they're noticing if like a frog is looking at it versus a human looking at it? 
Well, see, you can't decouple that though, because if, if you are looking at a frog, looking at it, then you are looking at it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... The, well, you're measuring the result, whether a person's looking at it or not, right? And the result is different if a person's looking through the monitor versus not looking through the monitor. Well, here's the tricky part, though. They say that whatever happened, like that it wasn't determined whether it went through as a particle or a wave until you later observed it hmm. and then it retroactively and, and that, and I, I'm honest to God, that's what they, that's huh. one of the theories is that it actually doesn't take place until you observe it. Huh. So it's the observation that is causing it to hmm. do what it does. You know? Okay. I, you know, I'm not very good at explaining it, but I do know that that's a pretty solid foundational theory of quantum mechanics. The other one is spooky action at a distance where they have two uh, photons, I guess, that can be created at the same time simultaneously. And then they can, you could shoot one across the entire universe mm -hmm. and they're connected. And then when one turns, the other one turns simultaneously at the exact same time. That's another quantum mechanic huh. thing that, that is beyond logic and beyond reason that we can't understand. Interesting. But that they supposedly have proven that, huh. that, that's part of what excites me about like the alien idea is the exposure to technology or beings or matter that, that we don't know exist yet. So that mm -hmm. cool, exciting, um, mystery of, of finding living matter or technology or something that comes from another world mm -hmm. or another time or another dimension or whatever. And, and finding out that, that, uh, the presentation of that sort of questioning and mystery is, is exciting and interesting. I think that's kind of what, like, I don't, for any, I, 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 I come back to realism when I think about the alien thing, because I don't imagine little green men flying around earth observing us. I think that makes humans appear too elite. We think too highly of ourselves, basically, as if we're yeah. so interesting that someone else is flying across, you know, space to look at us. Mm -hmm. I, I always kind of default to the to me, logical theory of life on other planets is obvious or is, pro or is super probable because we evolved from, you know, bacteria or whatever, and we evolved to our environment where originally Earth was entirely covered in water. Then they find remnants of only aquatic species. Then when some of the water receded or land came up, then there's some land, some water. Certain species started evolving to live on land. They grew legs. Next thing you know, a fish becomes a man, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I subscribe to that traceable process of evolution. Uh -huh. Why wouldn't that same process exist on other planets and other environments and other ways entirely different than the way it occurred here, obviously, because yeah. it's so specialized and so unique based on this particular environment that there has to be something similar evolutionarily on some other planet in some other place. There's so many planets and to say this amazing thing only happened on this one little speck is it seems like nonsense. The crazy part to me is that, I mean, that's all like a miracle right there. And mm -hmm. I, I mostly subscribe to the way you think about like how we've, we came about. Um, and I'll tell you what some other people think, which, you know, seems far fetched to me, but, mm -hmm. um, what I was going to say, well, I'll just do that now since I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. No, but so, some people think that, you know, we are like an alien, 
hybrid. Like there was like Adam and Eve and then like, um, what was it? These aliens came down and the Nephilim or Nephilim. Yeah, it's like Scientologists. Or, no, no. Because that's part of their thing, right? It's like oh, aliens it came be. out of a volcano or some shit and, oh. and we're all descended from, I don't know, some ridiculous bullshit. Well, that was just pulled out of uh, L. Ron Hubbard's ass, right? Right. I mean, that was well, just, just like, yeah, just like the Adam and Eve theory is just pulled yeah. out of some other human's ass. No, what I'm saying here isn't pulled out of anybody's ass. This is from the Osiris. Uh, it's from basically the hieroglyphs and mm-hmm. from, you know, the religion that was that they shown right and supposedly if you look at that stuff you will see alien what appears to be aliens that come mm-hmm. down and um and then if you read the book of enoch which is the oh killer book page turner couldn't put it down exactly it's was taken it, it removed from the king james bible uh-huh. but it's in the african version of the bible it's the same bible okay but they took the book of enoch out of that okay and when you look at that, what it says is that there was 200 beings that came down and kind of had their way with humans. Mm-hmm. What that means exactly, From I'm not alien sure. Alien rapists? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if they're rapists or they, they probably would were. But some people, they interpret those 200 beings to be the oh. demons of God, like Satan. Oh, like maybe they know, were super like, attractive and human women were like fucking sweet. Maybe they were totally willing. They could be. Okay. Yeah, could maybe. Be. Yeah. Maybe they were like super tall. Maybe they were like five and a half feet tall because humans were shorter then, right? So yeah. these big, tall, handsome aliens that five and a half feet tall came down and women were like, whoa, these spacemen are irresistible. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that all seems like, you know, who knows? It's, it but seems far-fetched. But we're I- talking about a time when people believed in like sun gods and everything revolving around the earth. And, you know, like... uh certain gods in charge of crops and different gods in charge of fishing and all that kind of stuff. Like these are totally pagan. They didn't understand anything in the world. So they made up stories to explain it all. And now they're the ones telling us that aliens came down. They're also telling us that, I mean, Romans will tell us that Zeus created man in his image. Uh, and, 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 uh, Egyptians worshiped the sun God, Ra and all this kind of stuff. Like they just might had, they were, they were searching to find answers to what they knew, just like we do now. Now we have a lot more science to rebut some of that, but they had none of that then. They had, you know, pretty decent astronomers who did amazing things with primitive tools and all that, but they they were just making up stories to explain the wonders of the world. Yeah, they could have been, you know, I, I don't know. Um yeah, I like it's hard for me to to believe that that like because we're just so close to chimps. Like that's, that's where I like have yeah. the difficulty with it. Well, like, you think like, okay, um, so people are writing down stories like L. Ron Hubbard writing down the nonsense bullshit of Scientology. Um, the people who were inscribing the hieroglyphs on the pyramids and all the ancient Egyptian things were just people like you and I. They just happened to live 5,000 years ago. So they're inscribing the stories of the time, the stories they want to pass down, the, the stories of how the guy buried in that pyramid is descendant from God. Uh, so they're going to make all these stories to support that propaganda or narrative, um, or belief, but what's it based on? It's based on humans and their understanding and need to tell a story and need to live forever. And so it's just more humans writing shit down just because it's really old. And just because it's inscribed in a pyramid doesn't make it any different than some dude writing sci-fi today. Yeah, it could be, you know, I, I think, I do think there's some, there might be some 
something to it sometimes. Uh, just the... I think we don't give them enough credit to say like I've heard and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I've heard people say like, well, humans never could have built the pyramids because of this or this or this. The 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 challenges of the raw construction of the pyramids mm -hmm. um, could never have been accomplished by such primitive humans that had they had to get the help of aliens. And I think that really discounts our ancient cultures is. Yeah, I think so. We've too. lost a lot of respect for the ingenuity and and uh, ability of of early humans. Mm -hmm. um, and they weren't even that early, dude. We're talking about like 5,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they were doing amazing things 5,000 years ago. Look at like ancient uh, uh, Chinese history. It goes way back before the 5,000 year mark. And they were doing amazing things then with like city layout, um, architectural ability back then. Fuck, before like complicated math was even invented and the most primitive of tools uh, was amazing. And we can only, we can only guess at how they did some of these things. And I think it's just easy to say, oh, aliens must've done it because we can't explain it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of time has passed. A lot of books didn't come down to us and a lot of understanding was lost in between. And I think we're pretty quick to discount the ability of people who are just like us. They just lived a few thousand years ago. Yeah, could very well be. You know, I think that also too with those the structures they created, like they're lined up with the stars most of the time. Uh -huh. Like they're like perfectly lined up. With, totally with uh, the constellations, and yep. and there have been some that are not perfectly lined up, but they've figured out they're so old mm -hmm. that the Earth has actually wobbled a little bit, and it's that's yep. why it's not lined up perfectly. But yep. that that's an amazing part too. Um, just it, the, it's, it's amazing to us cause we can't imagine them being able to do that without the tools that we have today, Yeah, but they were doing it and there's yeah. all kinds of evidence that they were able to do it. And not just in an amazing, Hey, look at how smart we are way, but also in very practical ways of getting water into a city, mm -hmm. you know, being able to maintain, um, just enough downhill grade to move water from a distant water source into the heart of a city, um, and saying, okay, this is a seven mile stretch of aqueduct or, or water pipe. We need to create just such a, a downward degree to get it to flow, but too much of a downward degree would be the wrong angle and whatever. And being able to do that kind of math over such a great distance is mm -hmm. an amazing feat of engineering. And we still marvel at them being able to do it, but they did it and they did it with, you know, Bronze Age tools or, or whatever tools they had. They certainly didn't have any computers or CAD or anything, but they did it and we marvel at it. And uh, uh, I think they were just much smarter than we give them credit for. Again, I come back to they were just as smart as we are. Do you think that aliens live on this planet? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think. I think there's a chance some might. Oh, totally a chance. I, I, I would say I believe that there's a chance of that. I think it's really unlikely that life evolved in a, such a similar way at such a similar time somewhere else. I think evolution is such a, a slow process, but also a fleeting process. Where look at just what we understand about the evolution of life here on this planet Earth. There was an insane amount of time when Earth was like molten and then covered with Unoxygen, unoxygenated water where nothing could have lived as we know it. No life as we know it could have evolved in that environment. And then all the stars aligned of the proper oxygenation mixed with the proper amount of water versus some temperature that 
life was able to evolve. And these are all a bunch of very precarious pieces of a puzzle that had to align at a certain period of time where life was able to evolve. And then those elements were able to change in a certain way over a certain amount of time that life evolved into what we are now. Like that's such an, uh, that's such a intricate process that I just doubt that it could have ever happened in, in, in the same way somewhere else, let alone at the same time that we exist. Maybe it happened 5 billion years ago, or maybe it will happen 5 billion years from now, or maybe it's happening right now in a totally different way in somewhere else, you know, but I just think it's so well, unlikely that similar beings evolved at the same time close enough to be able to make it here. Well, that, that seems far-fetched. That somewhere else could be right in front of us too, because remember we can only see like of the matter that we see mm-hmm. visible life light is just a very small spectrum sure of the electromagnetic spectrum very small like, yeah like our ability very to perceive small. things are limited by our ability to perceive things like so much more is going on in the world than we can actually see or hear or smell or taste yeah it's like the ant example you know you get right up on an ant he has no fucking idea you're right there mm-hmm. right. until you you smack down on the table and he's like oh shit i need to worry yeah he has no idea you know, I think we talked about that before. It's like that could be happening right here, and we can't see outside this this plane, yeah, the small little visible light spectrum that we see, and and our senses only allow us to see what is most likely to kill us or harm us. Yeah. So the humans that survived are the ones that have senses that can see within the spectrum of things that can damage them. Generally, mm-hmm. outside that spectrum there's there's a ton of life that's probably living right here in this room with us mm-hmm. could be that that's interesting that does that we don't have to our senses are not able to pick it up because it's not a threat to us it's mm-hmm. not an immediate it's never been an immediate threat to us right so we've evolved to not have to even look at it we only see what we need to see yeah we only see what we need to see yeah that's an interesting point uh-huh. huh i'm gonna go out on that note Let's leave that open to thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this yeah. has been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Derek, it's always yeah. fun to uh, get to do a podcast with you, and it's extra fun to be able to do it in the same room. Absolutely, dude. All right. Yeah. Fun times. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. All right. Later on. Of course. It's the most conspiratorial conspiracy that ever conspired. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you. If you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Um, you could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, in most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing. And that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram as Derek and Mike. Or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you. And we look forward to talking to you again next time.